Welcome back to season three of the Self-Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Cortez. Make sure that you grab your cafe, chocolate de abuelita, tea, and don't forget your conscious. We have our first true crime podcast club of the season. In the studio, we have Cuento Crimen with Jahaira and Stephanie. Hey everyone, I'm Jahaira. Hola a todos, this is Stephanie. Oh yeah, we're Cuento Crimen Podcast. And you are listening to Self-Conscious. Hey Conchitas, before we proceed with this episode, I wanted to give you guys a trigger warning. Listener discretion is warned. This episode may be triggering for some listeners. This episode contains materials of unhealthy or abusive relationships, suicide, and murder. Please proceed with caution. Hey Conchitas, so joining us in the studio or virtual studio this week is the podcast Cuento Crimen. I just found out this is their first podcast collab, so we're excited oh. to be their first. Well, before we get started, I actually have a fun question for you guys. What's, What's up? up? <laughs> we both said at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, because you guys are a true crime pod, I have to ask, do you guys have a favorite true crime podcast? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, man, I haven't been asked that. <laughs> let me, you know what? Hold on. Let me get my Spotify. Yeah, I would literally pull up my phone. I just got into this new one and I've been like super into it. We should have assumed that that was going to be I, a Yeah, that was actually, that's actually like interesting. We've never been asked that question. And it's actually kind of funny because, well, recently I've been just so busy that I don't like have as much time to listen to like podcasts anymore. So like on the, on the weekends, but I'm mostly Same. more of like spooky po- podcasts. Like I love listening to spooky stories so i kind of took a break on true crime which is why i was sorry not to interrupt you i've been binge listening to a spooky tales podcast shout out to them yes but... i love them <laughs> <laughs> okay so i like true crime but those like podcasts that it, like it's just one season and that's it like they take like 10 episodes to get like super into detail about mm. the case and like that's it but i can't remember the names of it because you know i listen and i forget about them and like i'm done they don't have like new episodes but right now I really like crime and crime again it's pretty good I recommend it the one that I like I can't find it but the reason why I like this one and I'm gonna come back to the name because I feel like it's also very like educational it's a girl and she focuses on like cases strictly on Native American <laughs> it's, this one. it's that one? Yeah. Oh my god we're talking, about the same- we're talking about the same podcast but okay but there's also oh. another- <laughs> there's also another one though that I really like oh, yeah. that I sent to you yeah, yeah. it's the two girls and then like one of them she's having a baby oh yeah but I, I can't find the name right now oh yeah never mind we're not talking about the same one no <laughs> yeah that one's good too but I and I'm gonna try to find the name because they're really good and like I just I don't know I think yeah. it got me it's like uh, it was funny because like the very first episode I heard from them was like her announcing her pregnancy and like the way that she did it like I just thought it was so funny that she was like I'm hosting a fetus and yeah. I just thought that was hilarious but I can't find the name uh-huh. right now I sent it to you didn't yeah I? you did okay let me look the text. Well, we do anyway. have a message yeah we okay. do I'll come back to it and I'll let you know the name <laughs> really All good right. too well besides Cuento Crimen I also like Crime Junkie. Crime Junkie has been a top fave of mine for years now. I think that was like the first one that like we 
like listened to a while ago yeah 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 it was like honestly it was like the way that I found out about podcasts that they were a thing and then it just opened up like (laughs) yeah and then I also listened to morbid and I've been listening to the last podcast on the left and they're more like a comedic take on true crime yeah yeah and I I really enjoy it because sometimes you know true crime's a little it's a little bit heavy it's kind of hard well everyone I know listens to true crime like that's their favorite genre of uh, podcast Mm -hmm. I mean it's popular for a reason right like there's stories but at the same time like when you're on the other side of some things it's kind of also real situations and it can be triggering but I don't know like I still like listening to true crime but I I skip episodes when it involves like missing people I can't listen to them but other than that I actually still enjoy it and now finding podcasts that take a more comedic take on it I enjoy it a little bit better and it's like okay this helps me kind of I don't know, feel okay, feel a little bit normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, those are that's my take on podcasts. So speaking of, we have, and I forgot to say their names because y'all, I was struggling to say <laughs> Jahira's name. <laughs> I got it! <laughs> yeah, you did. You got it. You got it. <laughs> I was struggling to say her name. So we have Stephanie and Jahira joining us on this episode. We're doing a little pod collab. We're actually going to be talking about Speaking of missing people, we're actually going to be speaking about a case that's been very popular here in Salt Lake City, Utah, Utah in general, and Washington. Doesn't ring a bell. I'm going to give you guys a hint. It's about Susan Powell. So, but before we jump into that, I'm going to go ahead and let Stephanie and Jahira tell us a little bit about their podcast, how they met, why they decided to start a podcast. They kind of already gave you guys a little bit of a hint, but we just want to get to know you ladies a little bit better. So go ahead. Tell us what's up. Okay. <laughs> So I'm Jahida. And I'm Stephanie. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, we just want to say thank you for having us on your podcast. Like we said, it's our first collab. So excuse the first time nerves. But um, yeah, just thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Cuento Crimen just celebrated our one year anniversary. Yeah. We're fairly new, but it's been a fun ride. Yeah, it's been really fun. I think we talked about this in like one of our bonus episodes of like how we started. And it was actually like last year, 2020, you know, with the whole like pandemic and stuff, but it goes like way back into our college year. So we were like housemates. Mm-hmm. We always, so we we're like the jokesters. I don't know if you watch The Office. Do you watch The Office? Yes, I do. Okay, cool. So then you're going to know the reference. <laughs> so okay. we, always, we always joke around that we're like the Michael and Dwight of the group. Yeah. <laughs> you oh know, my like, God. <laughs> Just like going around our, our, our friends and just, you know, the ones that always have something going on. So we would always joke around with them. We're like, yeah, we're going to make a podcast. We're going to make a podcast, you know? And so I, I think we always kind of like, you know, wanted to like, like we were curious to see what it was like, have our own podcast, but we just never really like set an idea of what the podcast was going to be until last year, like just came to us. Yeah, it just came to us. I think it was because I was commuting a lot before the pandemic and I would listen to a lot of podcasts like True Crime and other podcasts too, like comedy ones like mm-hmm. Bobby Lee, you know, and How I Built This with Guy Raz. And um, so, yeah, I was like super into podcasts one time, like trying to tell my mom about True Crime. And she was like, you know, she was very overprotective. She's like, Cuidate, this and that. And I'm like, mom, I listen to True Crime. Like, I know what I'm doing. And I just tried explaining to her what like true crime was and she just wasn't getting it. So then I was like, man, how come there isn't a true crime podcast in Spanish? And so 
I texted Jahaira right away because like we've always wanted to do that. <laughs> so I was like, dude, like we can do this. Like this could be us, you know, like, so yeah, I think that's, that's how it kind of started, huh? Yeah. Like we just really wanted to do a podcast, but we just never knew what or like we had ideas, but just never felt like. Yeah. And know. then I think it's just also like, you know how you said earlier, like true crime is very like, you know, I don't know. We were both very into true crime. So it was a topic that we both liked. And then obviously, like we threw in the the Spanglish, you know, because that's that's us. But then also, you know, we're like, well, if we make a podcast, you know, and potentially like this platform grows, like how can we use this platform other than just like a pot? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. that's when we decided to, you know, focus more on cases of like people of color and cases that don't have media attention. And so it just, yeah, just kind of like developed through there it it unrolled and then it just became you know what it is and like ultimately like we just want it to be a safe place for like POC yeah like we know like there's a bunch of like true crime podcasts out there and like they're all great but we just felt like there was something missing in that community so like we just kind of like created something that we thought like was missing yeah wait also like this is super off topic but I found the podcast (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I oh. just remembered. <laughs> no, like, she's been looking. Yeah, I, I've been like doing both because I'm like, okay, first of all, it's not the one that I was talking about with the with two girls, but this one's also really good. It's called Suspira Podcast and they focus on like cases from like Latin America. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the other one. I, I couldn't get the other one though. I like that. But yeah, I was actually going to say, I think that's one of the things that stood out about your podcast to me. But because the, the way I found out about you ladies was through social media. And I honestly can't remember who it was, but a friend of mine shared your podcast on their story. And I love true crime. So they were like, Steph, you need to go check out this podcast. It's run by two Latinas. They're Spanglish. I think you'd really like it. And I was like, okay, why not? So I did actually start listening to you guys when you first kind of came out last year. Mm-hmm. And... It was cool. I was like, oh, okay. Because before I came up with self-conscious and before I came up with my theme, I honestly thought about doing a true crime podcast. But I was like, they did what I wanted to do. I was like, ah, I'm so So like a little, I like started kind of gleeking out a little bit. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm here for this. That's so cool. Yeah. And I I really enjoyed it. So I listened to you guys for a little bit and then I stopped, not because I wanted to just my life got a little bit hectic. Mm-hmm. And then I actually stopped listening to podcasts for a little bit, just because like, I've been so busy with everything else. And so I haven't had time to listen to podcasts. But I've just gotten back into listening to podcasts. So I'll be I'll be tuning in to Cuento Crimen <laughs> again. <laughs> so you told us about your podcast was a little bit about it. Uh, what about yourselves? Is there anything you ladies would like to share about yourselves? Other than the fact that you're to Latinas? Are you college students? Are you working? What, what would you like to share with the public? So we both graduated from UC Santa Cruz um, 2018. Sounds like good stuff you're exposing. No, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so it's been a couple years now. Yeah. Uh, but I still feel like a recent grad, you know. <laughs> 20 years later, I recently graduated college. And yeah, I think, well, yeah, we were both graduating from UCSC. I actually majored in anthropology, but now I am in education. So I work at an elementary school and we just went back on campus, you know, after the whole 
quarantine and shut down. And so that's why it's been so hectic to like get back to that speed of not being like working from home and stuff. So I also have a background in education, but recently started a new job as a research assistant. So like user experience research assistant. So that's pretty cool. I've been liking it. We're both from um, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. We met when we were in, in elementary school. Oh yeah, we did. Fun we fact. <laughs> but then Steph moved away. Yeah, moved so away. we lost we lost <laughs> we lost contact, and then we didn't like find each other until we went to college. But it was like a total accident. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. It was, I, I guess um kind of cool because we like chose the same college, chose the same dorm building. Dorm building community right yeah. so like what were the chances it's like that cheesy saying <laughs> like when you're meant to be in someone's life you're gonna be in someone's yeah. life you know it's pretty cool yeah. Like our, yeah our like families know each other and like it was move-in day and like our moms saw each other yeah in the parking lot and they were like hey it's been like 15 years yeah now. like I think like our, our oldest siblings were like really close friends like Steph's brother came out in my sister's quinceanera so like that's how close they were and so oh, I, I, yeah. So yeah. it was just kind of like a reunite type of yeah. thing for everyone. Yeah. That is super cute. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Wait, so you graduated in 2018 or you went to college in 2018? No, we graduated in 2018. From college? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> We're like a quarter old now. So <laughs> wait, wait. How old are you guys? 25. We can leave this out of the episode. 25? Okay, okay. You just graduated before I did. Never mind. We're the same age. <laughs> I just took my sweet time graduating college. Hey, there's, um, no, there's no timeline, you know, for college, so. I, I talked about this in, like, season one of my podcast, but, like, we talk about, like, the invisible timeline and mm-hmm. how we feel like we have to meet, finish certain things at a certain point in our lives. And for me, I really struggled with my college journey just because, I wasn't finishing when I thought I'd finish. Like I took a year off because I was struggling financially and I was dealing with depression and stuff. So I ended up looking out of my, my classes that year and I lost my scholarship and everything. So it was pretty harsh. And then having to work full time to build a financial stamina to go through school again and pay out of pocket. So that was hard. I also did an internship that took a semester off. Like, again, like, I think everybody's journey is different and it doesn't have to be judged. I do know, like, sometimes people get criticism such like, oh, why did you finish college so late? Or why did it take you so long? And it's honestly kind of like, bro, I was dealing with some shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you weren't dealing with it, do not come at me. And also, yeah, like, yeah. shout out to everybody who graduated in 2020 because that was hard. Yeah. And uh, you guys got our full respect support and respect and just shout out to everybody who's pursuing higher ed it's hard it's not easy especially if you're BIPOC if you need resources or help I'm not sure if I'm the person to help you guys (laughs) but I can uh I can direct you of course people same same here yeah (laughs) (laughs) moving on (laughs) you guys told about Cuento Crimen and how it's about a podcast that talks about BIPOC cases that don't get as much coverage think that's very respectful and I admire that and wanted to give you guys a huge thank you on behalf of the BIPOC community on behalf of my family just because I think that's something that should be more addressed but we live in a world where that's currently not the case but yeah every every small action counts and so what you guys are doing is definitely impactful so thank you so much for that and thank you for the kind words. I like, know. 
you know that like motivates us to like keep doing what we're doing you know yeah. like sometimes it, it feels like a small difference yeah um you know there's a bigger goal you know to grow and, yeah. and make a bigger impact right right exactly I don't know who knows maybe one day I'm hosting a, a tv show and I bring you guys on and then oh, that'd be so cool. or vice versa yeah uh you guys could become like i can't remember their name the guys from buzzfeed which check out haunted houses and spaces you know what i'm talking about oh i think i might but i have no idea what his name is i'm like really bad with names me too it's like uh, buzzfeed unsolved oh ryan and shane there you go ryan and shane not i mean they do unsolved oh yeah yeah yeah. you guys could do i don't know something like that where it's like um unsolved missing people's cases that would be cool (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so kind of along those lines, I thought for you, Contitas, it'd be a little bit fun because this is spooky season and uh, we're going a little bit out of our comfort zone. We're going a little bit out of what we normally talk about in our themes. Per the spooky season, I've collabed with Wendell Cleman and we are going to bring you guys a little true crime episode on the foot chest. I'm personally excited for this because this will probably be the first and last time we do a true crime podcast episode on here because mostly it's positive (laughs) but because it's the season you know it just it can fit right now and I wanted to bring the ladies of Puente Freeman on because otherwise I don't know what else we probably talk about I mean there's plenty we could talk about but I was like "Eh, this is more in theme with their podcast so (laughs) therefore and next time we can talk about anything else (laughs) um we're gonna be talking about Susan Powell have you guys done your research on it Yeah, we did a bit of research. I will be honest, I didn't know the case before you had brought it up, actually. I knew a little bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, When I was doing my research, I was like, okay, this sounds familiar. Yeah. You know, I'm just taking a moment to hype myself. It's like, oh, that got an idea about a crime they did not know about. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's only because we had to research your case for uh, one of my criminology classes. Mm -hmm. So why I have the background on it and I thought it was like really interesting well let's give the conchitas a little bit of background on this so Susan Powell is an American missing person from West Valley City Utah mm-hmm. and her disappearance and presumed murder it's been a hot topic in the true crime world for years because she mm-hmm. went missing in I want to say 2009 yeah so it's been now about 11 years that she's been missing I can give you guys more information but I'm going to go ahead and let Stephanie and Jahira go ahead and give you guys a little bit more context. And then I'll fill in the gaps where I can. But yeah, without further ado, who's your true crime podcast collab episode? Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, yeah. I guess before we we like we jump into it, um, we always really say like a trigger warning as well. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Because like this is pretty heavy. It involves kids. Mm-hmm even like suicide yeah we, there's that and like emotional abuse mm-hmm. controlling um mm-hmm. so yeah just a trigger warning we usually do say that so susan powell was married to joseph powell yeah, they had two boys i believe yeah two boys i mean i think you know like every marriage starts you know normal happy you know i guess you don't really see the red flags and stuff like that well yeah because usually you know like in a marriage you only see the outside you never yeah. see the inside and I think that's like a theme that we see in like some of these cases mm-hmm. that a lot of the times like what we perceive isn't really what's happening mm-hmm. and it's really unfortunate like in cases like this one because this one's actually like it's that really heavy y'all will hear as we go <laughs> yeah it. so yeah they were like married um happily to the public but no yeah. one really knew what was going on in- indoors 
And their marriage took a turn for the worse. And Susan wasn't happy. She wanted a divorce from Joseph. Uh, Joshua. Joshua, sorry. <laughs> this is a, okay. Um, sorry, like, sign up from the case, but this is the second time that you bring up a Joseph oh, in a yeah, case. I yeah, don't know yeah. who Joseph is, but this is scary. It's like a go to. I know. Okay. But yeah, she wanted a divorce from. Joshua. I'm going to say it wrong. I'm going to say it wrong. Say, say it like three times Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. 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 Okay. <laughs> okay. So she wanted a divorce from Joshua and he wasn't really like there for that. Like he didn't want a divorce. And the reason why she wanted a divorce was because like he was a bit controlling. Yeah. He would like keep track of like uh, the finances and she didn't have access to a car. So a lot of things like that. Like she just wasn't happy. Yeah. I think they were very like about their religious life right so a divorce was just like seen down upon could have also been a reason why joshua was very very much against it like he didn't want to ruin the image of you know their perfect family quote unquote like you mentioned earlier she was reported missing december 7th of 2009 so it's been yeah it's been about I can't do math, like 11 years, 11 years, 11 years since she's been missing. And I believe the people that reported her missing were actually first, it was his family, Joshua's family. It was his sister, Jennifer, and his mom. I think her name is Tarika. Would you pronounce it Tarika? Yeah. Yeah. And they went looking for the family because I think they got like a call from the boys daycare saying that they failed to show up. And so they were just kind of like, hmm, I wonder like, you know, que está pasando. Mm -hmm. And so they called Joshua, he didn't answer. And then they called Susan, she didn't answer. And so he's going to, they were kind of like, like something's happening, something's not adding up. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that minister's like, when we talk about like that gut feeling, yeah, you know, like as you know, like something was not right for them. So yeah, that's when they started getting worried. And so th at the beginning, they actually, almost did you say, they reported the whole family as yeah. missing. And I think they also did like a wellness mm -hmm. check. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like they went over and then um, their family gave them permission to like open up the house and mm -hmm. see what's, you know, what was going on. And I mean, they went in there like nothing, you know, like it was just normal. Like nothing was out of place. I think they did see like wet spots like on the floor that they thought that like yeah. was weird. And I think there's like a, there was actually like a fan that was on, I think. And it mm -hmm. was like blowing directly at one of the wet spots yeah very random yeah random and just like oh, odd. weird yeah, yeah right and then out of nowhere joshua comes home and he's like with his kids with his two kids and he was kind of like very like nonchalant you know whatever mm -hmm. kind of mood and le dijeron que su esposa no estaba and he wasn't like really worried about it he was like oh a lo mejor está en el trabajo mm -hmm. And then le dijeron, no, ya nos fijamos y no está trabajando. And then he was like, oh, maybe she's like on errands or something, like just like brushing it off. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think they did question him right away. Yeah, because, they like, took him to like the police yeah. station. They asked him like what he was doing and stuff like that. Or like, why didn't he go to work? Because mm -hmm. he also missed work. He was like, oh, I guess I lost track of time. Like I lost track of what day it was. Um, Which is like, how do you lose? I don't know. To me, that's Did yeah. you go? Did you? Yeah, right. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, how are you not gonna like you're a parent, first of all? Yeah. You know, kids have to go to school. And so yeah. how do you I don't know? Yeah. And then he gave them a whole story that his kids wanted to go camping mm -hmm. and have like marsh uh s'mores, not marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> s'mores. Well, there's uh, marshmallows yeah. and s'mores. <laughs> yeah. It was like midnight and he took them to a place that was like two hours out. 
and I think it was called Simpson Springs, Springs yeah. in Western Utah. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Stephanie. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no, I just, like, I'm not familiar, familiar with it. Yeah, we were both, we're both Stephanie, if anyone hasn't caught on yet. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't get well, on. <laughs> we're well, like 30 minutes in and she's like barely catching on. I know. Uh, but to make it easier on you guys, I'll go by Steph and we'll call Stephanie, Stephanie. Okay. okay. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> sorry, super sidetracked. But yeah, so he, he claims that like that Susan, you know, stayed at home sleeping the night of December 6th. And yes, you know, dijo que they went camping. Pero like, a mí lo que se me hace más raro is that he says that he left at midnight yeah. too. Yes, like, two kids. And, you know, and they're young. Like, they're not, you know, I mean, stuff we're talking about this earlier. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, they were teenagers, you know, that like are all down for camping and completely understand the concept mm-hmm. of camping. Like, these are probably like five and a two-year-old yeah you know like, we were saying that like maybe if they were like older kids like 15 17 maybe like it would make sense that the dad wanted to be a cool dad and like take yeah. them out on a like midnight adventure but they were two and four yeah like they should be asleep at yeah midnight, most likely you know but he claims that they left at midnight so Así que su historia. on december 10th the police actually went out to where he claims to be camping but they found like no evidence of a campsite, mm-hmm. you know, like the whole place that Joshua had described and like everything that they did, like they had no traces of like people being there. Yeah. I think it was also like off season, right? Yeah. Cause who's going to camp in December? Yeah. Is it, does it get really cold in Utah during winter? <laughs> does it get really cold in Utah? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It's pretty fucking cold. Oh, okay. Yeah see here in the bay we don't really have like the weather you know like it's always the same <laughs> it's always the same yeah. i like to think we're we're spoiled right yeah we are because we don't get like super hot weather or like super cold weather it's yeah. like always in between yeah anyways yeah anyways <laughs> going i don't know going camping in december in a cold place i don't know with two like kids little kids you know two little ones so i mean we weren't the only ones that like questioned that the police were also kind of like suspicious about that like you know just trying to add up his whole story like it just it wasn't really making any sense and then also like how and how stephanie was saying earlier you know like he didn't even show up to work and so it was just you know very odd behavior yeah 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 i think i think the whole investigation was odd from the beginning right from the day he from the day susan went missing to the day that he ended both his life and in the children's life right yeah like what is it what's it called like a family suicide or right yeah yeah like a, a murder murder suicide murder suicide because this happened in 2009 so I, I, i'm alive during this timeline i do remember seeing on the news that susan powell was missing that mm-hmm. people needed to keep an eye out if anybody saw her and i do remember hit, seeing him right and he was painting this picture of a supposedly grieving husband right yeah susan come home or whatever but at the time i was a kid so i didn't really understand the gravity of the situation i didn't understand it because i had never been in that world right yeah and i wasn't an adult so again i couldn't understand how serious it was as i got older and like i mentioned to you ladies i actually had to study susan powell's case because it was part of my criminology class and we were looking at criminal behavior right mm-hmm. so of course we were looking at josh powell mm-hmm. and his role 
in the case of Susan Powell. Now, we did mention at the beginning that she's supposedly murdered. And the reason she's supposedly murdered is because while it's assumed a body was never found. Yeah. And usually, you know, when it comes to not just missing people in general, but when you're trying to incriminate somebody, it's better to have the body because you can examine it and you can prove things, right? Yeah. In this case scenario, that's not what happened. However, like Stephanie and Jahira are mentioning, Josh's story did not add up. There were missing pieces that in the end ended up incriminating him and painting a good picture that he was responsible for the disappearance and pursued murder of Susan. The information I'm about to give you guys is comes from the podcast Cold. And I suggest you guys listen to it if you guys want to know more about the Susan Powell case. It really goes into depth about the case and goes into like more insight. So you even get to talk to the detective who was on the case beforehand, some of Susan's family members. It gets pretty intense. You get to find out about Josh's family because that's a whole other shit show on its own. Oh, yeah. So really quick, let's give you guys a little bit of context on Susan. So Susan was part of the LDS faith. From what I understood from the podcast and from what I understand in general, she was very much in tune with her faith. And she was very much looking forward to being a mom. She thought that when she met Josh, she met the man of her dreams, that this man was going to take care of her. You know, she found a life partner. Yeah. And like Jahara, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And like Jahara has mentioned, and Stephanie. (laughs) Yeah, bro. It took me a second. I apologize. (laughs) You're okay. Coffee's hitting. It's it's starting to wear off. (laughs) 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 So like they mentioned, things are different behind closed doors. In my personal opinion, I feel like if Susan had known extensively about Josh's past and his family life, maybe she wouldn't have, you know, become his wife and started a family with him and possibly still be alive today. That's just my personal opinion. Susan's upbringing is definitely different from Josh's upbringing. Susan was brought up in a loving home with her siblings and her parents versus Josh had a more turbulent toxic environment growing up from what I've also learned from this from the cold podcast and just research is that he had a very toxic relationship with his father but more so with his mom and so it can be argued that he has mommy issues but the belief is that he thought this whole time because you actually listen to um, Josh's sister and mom who aren't really part of his family I would say it's strange they're strange But the sister had mentioned how the mom was basically kicked out of the home. The mom was trying to, you know, take care of the kids and stuff. And uh, eventually the toxic husband that she had ended up kicking her out and Mm -hmm. took the kids with him and never told her where they were, you know, and just kind of created that separation. And so when you're a kid, and this is just based off a psychologist that was also on the podcast, but as a kid, when you, you end up thinking that you did something wrong to create that separation in the family, right? Yeah. So it's a trauma and that can carry on moving forward. Arguably, it can be said that Josh had his father figure reflect what a man is supposed to be, how a man is supposed to act, but because he didn't have the love or care from his mother or from that maternal figure it kind of really sort of defined who he was going to be mm-hmm. and what he was going to try to look for. Right. Unfortunately, because of his father and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to call him out because I think the dad had a lot, a lot to do with, with Susan Powell's yeah. disappearance. Oh yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So the dad was, he was creepy. First of all, should we, should you, do you guys want to tell them or should I tell them? I mean, if you want to tell them, you can go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but Yeah. I feel it, like I've been talking for a hot second. Why don't you guys tell them why the dad was creepy? Right. Before we hopped on here, we're like, you know, talking about the case and stuff. And like, that's one of the things that came up, like how disturbing his father were, was. Yeah. And to both his uh, kids. I don't even know and like, yeah. yeah. I guess Susan, his like daughter-in-law, he was just like a creep, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there was like some articles that said like he would peek in while like, she was taking a shower and be like super flirtatious. Susan did tell like her husband about that, like saying that she wasn't comfortable with that. Like he was being weird and all that. And I think at the time they might've been living together. I'm not entirely sure, mm-hmm. but Josh didn't really like say anything about it. He was like brushed it off. Like yeah. didn't like, I don't know. Like, I feel like as a husband, you should be like worried about that. Like, why is your father doing that to your wife like that's not okay that father-in-law was very weird well also from what i heard is he had trophies i guess of hers he had underwear of hers i guess in the lds church they have i'm not sure if this is how you say it and i apologize to anybody who belongs to the lds faith i'm so sorry nothing against y'all i don't know like a special garment that lds people wear under their clothes I'm not LDS, I can't specify, but that's what I've heard, that's, and that's what I've known. And, and they're, like, important to the LDS faith, as far as I'm concerned. Not anybody else is supposed to see them, except for those in the marriage, right? Yeah. So, anyways, the fact that he he ended up taking this special garment of hers, not only was that reaching her privacy, for sure, she told Josh she definitely didn't feel safe being in the home with his dad, you know, kind of creeping around and stuff and Susan's family was here in Utah so she wanted to be closer to her family because Josh's family lived in Washington Mm -hmm. and so Josh said fine okay so they ended up coming to Utah and Susan was pretty happy at the beginning she had a job she worked at Wells Fargo she actually worked at the call center I used to work at once upon a time and I didn't find that out until later and I was like oh my god (laughs) I was like no way so it turns out that she was trying to be independent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, here's some more information. You can see this again, can go investigate for yourselves. But there started to be cracks in the marriage. Obviously, the red flag with the father was one of them. But then more red flags started coming up. Susan kind of got upset because Josh didn't want to go to the church as much anymore. And he just didn't want to participate. And so, you know, religion was really important to her. So that kind of like brought her down. And also the fact that they just weren't being as affectionate to each other or he wasn't being as affectionate to her. I think this is in the podcast and I'm not a hundred percent sure. And I probably should double check, but I think there was something going on about an affair. I don't know if that rings a bell, but. Oh, is it the one you were talking about earlier? From what I got from research, Josh, after the disappearance, he was saying that Susan had an affair, but there was no evidence of an affair. Because I don't know if he was having an affair, but Susan was never having an affair. Susan was very, you know, like there's friendly people and they just get along with everybody. I don't know. If you're an insecure man, <laughs> you're going to think that your your woman is out there. Yeah. But Susan was just a very friendly person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, throughout the cracks in their marriage, she kind of started confiding in her girlfriends at work. And just girlfriends from the church in general about her marriage and what was going on with it. This is where it starts getting a little bit more heavy, right? At this point, her household is becoming a little bit more aggressive. She's getting gaslit. 
emotionally kind of abused because around this time frame, Josh is taking control over the money and the finances. It would only give Susan such money to do whatever. And he wasn't buying food for the kids. He wasn't buying things that they needed in the household. He was just buying things for himself, you know, not really caring about the family he had. That's why Susan got a job. So she could save money, put money on the side to pay for a meal on the table and to care for her two children. And she was feeling confined, you know, restricted by Josh. And so you can imagine how this woman is feeling emotionally distressed. Don't mean to interrupt like a quick note about like the whole like finance, you know, and everything. Like, I feel like people underestimate like, you know, like the toll it takes on someone, like how much manipulation that or like how much power that gives Joshua over, you know, Susan, you know, who is like depending on him, you know, for food on the table. And I feel like people kind of always underestimate that like they don't really think of it sometimes as like emotional abuse you oh know? yeah sorry I didn't mean uh, to like, <laughs> make you listen no no that, but, you know, like no no you know no it's a, it's important to note that yeah my point was that she was putting money on the side for her and her kids mm-hmm. yeah um, exactly yeah and then from what I understand is she ended up talking to her girlfriends about kind of what was like this financial burden right mm-hmm. this woman's feeling the weight of the world on her shoulders and She's not sure what to do. And at this point, she's being suggested to consider a divorce. But Susan knows that Josh is dangerous, that Josh could do maybe the unthinkable. Again, if you go listen to this podcast, and I mean, the cold podcast, and if you look into the research, she did tell her girlfriends, if anything happens to her, that they needed to look at Josh. Yeah. So she was kind of setting everything up to divorce him right she was putting things um putting money away she had a safety deposit box that he wasn't aware of just kind of getting her stuff in order before she was going to leave him right I think it was going to be before she went missing you know she was going to leave him but the day that she went missing the day of it was a bit weird because they all had breakfast I guess Josh made pancakes and according to a family friend who was more of Susan's friend she said that uh, she had come by that earlier that day to check in on them and she said it was weird because Josh never like did anything like that it was out of character for him to kind of be like that and so she's like something's up he's gonna want something Susan looked fine but I guess she like she was gonna lay down for a bit mm-hmm. something like that I can't remember exactly word for word it's been a while since I've listened to the podcast but from what I know is that the day seemed like it was ordinary and then as you listen to the podcast episode or as you go into the research that day it was there was a snowstorm it was pretty brutal. And Josh decided to take the, I don't think he decided to take the boys. I think he took them with for, out of convenience. But that was the day that supposedly the kids wanted to go camping, yeah. which doesn't make sense because it's snowing like crazy and mm-hmm. you don't want to be camping in those, in that temperature. Yeah. And supposedly Susan went to go join them because they had no camping gear. Let's that, let that be known. They didn't mm-hmm. take backpacks. They didn't take anything. Yeah. So Josh's story doesn't make sense. Fast forward to a couple years later, or not years later, but just I think a couple months or years later, the oldest kid, start, when when they were being interrogated and they were separated from Josh, right? Yeah. They were opening up a little bit more. He said that they had left their mom behind yeah. where the shiny rocks are because she, she was tired and she wanted to sleep, mm-hmm. according to what that's what his dad had said. You know, it starts kind of getting a little bit more intense because clearly the kids know something and little memories are coming back to them because they're kids and they're innocent. You know, they can't put such a traumatic situation 
like in place their brain computes it as something almost kind of fairy tale like right yeah. something so innocent arguably it was said that Josh kind of knew that if as his kids got older and they were coming up with more memories and more details of that night sooner or later he was going to get outed yeah I think along with the older with the older boy I think the younger one right mm-hmm. who was very young at the time I think he was two he actually also drew a picture in like the truck van like he drew his mom but he said that his mom was in the trunk but it's like you said like they don't really like capture like what exactly that means or what exactly is happening you know so it's really sad it's like as they're getting older they're like unlocking these memories they didn't know they had so yeah what she was saying and so of course you know like joshua had to know that eventually you know like yeah he was gonna be outed he was gonna be outed and then he was probably also feeling the pressure and you know i don't know como nosotros siempre decimos, like if you know like they're feeling some type of way or if they're running away it's because they're hiding something you know yeah so I'm just thinking about those kids. They were just so young. They were babies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we're giving you guys a little story. That's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> but it's a sad story. Like, a lot of sad things happened. And, you know, this could be happening to another woman somewhere else. Yeah. And she's just not aware of how to get out of a toxic relationship. Going back to Susan, what was odd about it, too, is that Josh had made Susan and himself sign a... um what is it like a life insurance days before she disappeared conveniently after she went missing guess who got the life insurance he did Mm -hmm. and he got all the money right away you would think if you were concerned or if a spouse was concerned for their missing spouse you know they'd stay in that place they'd do whatever they can to find them not in josh's case he ended up putting the house for sale and or no i think he ended up renting the house he ended up putting the house for rent Mm -hmm and wanting to get out of there as soon as possible and he ended up taking his boys to Washington and ended up living with uh, his dad and from what I understand again this is based on the cold podcast is that the boys were having a hard time adjusting Mm -hmm. and weren't getting the same care and love they used to get when they had their mom around right um as we mentioned the kids are starting to have memories and starting to remember certain details and Josh knew he was going to get outed. Like Stephanie Jahai already mentioned at the beginning of the, when we started giving a story, he ended up taking the kids out of school, went back to the house, the house that he was renting out, turned on the gas and ended up exploding the house. Mm-hmm. However, and th- there we did give you guys a trigger warning, but this is another trigger warning. Told story sad, but when the autopsy came back, the result was that the kids had already suffered really bad injuries. Mm-hmm. before oh, yeah. the explosion yeah um, they didn't die from those injuries they died from from the explosion it didn't really matter if he was trying to soften the blow but the fact that he was able to hurt his own children in such a brutal way yeah is incredibly sad and so infuriating you know because those kids yeah. didn't deserve that 100 agree I, we, I think there was a case we talked about, like, you know, children being involved and children being brutally murdered. That's very heavy. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, you know, like you said, like, they're innocent kids, like, and they just lost their mother, you know, and they moved states. And now, you know, they lived with their grandfather, who knows how his grandfather was with them, you know, and like, I don't know, it's just, it was really sad to read about how, how their lives ended, you know? 
I don't know. We were, we were also talking about this earlier about how like, you know, Joshua also like showed signs that he needed like help. Not that we're like justifying at all what mm-hmm. he did, you know, but it's just like, I think we read somewhere that like growing up, he would kill like gerbils and like, that's, that, that's like a big red flag. Yeah. Like a child hurting or murdering animals. Like that's a big sign that, you know, someone should have looked into you know it just kind of slipped and then I think like they were also saying how one time he also threatened his mom you know and I think he also tried to commit suicide once so you know it's just like all of that I I feel like he was a kid once and I feel like someone should have like stepped in and looked at his family situation how he was growing up like behavior it's like you know patterns and you know it's also like with kids, it's a lot of like monkey see, monkey do, you know. So if you see like all this like disturbing living situation, yeah, with his father, yeah, yeah like mm-hmm. that's what he knows. You know, he knows nothing else. That's what he's used to, yeah. And I, yeah, like I, if someone would have stepped in, you know, maybe we wouldn't be talking about him today. And Susan could have, you know, been alive today too, you know. And and I don't remember which podcast it was that. I think it might have been Crime Junkie. I'm not 100%. And I think even in your guys' podcast, you talked about it, but how crucial mental health is when it comes to true crime, right? Yeah. And how things go unnoticed when somebody's mental health isn't in check or isn't taken care of. What Josh did is inexcusable. Yeah. And we're not justifying what he did, like you ladies said, but if somebody had taken the time to help him when he was a kid yeah Yeah. and understand his situation maybe he wouldn't have grown up to be the person he ended up growing up to be yeah and maybe maybe he could have been a better spouse to Susan and maybe they both be alive and living a good life but that's not the case unfortunately I I think that paints a picture when it comes to true crime and mental health I think they go hand in hand yeah for sure I was gonna say like Susan's case is not the only case out there a lot of women go through extremely toxic relationships yeah and don't feel like they have a way out because sometimes there are children involved and they feel like they need to deal with it for the protection of their children and and that in itself in a way kind of ties them down to the situation ties them down to the toxic person they're involved with and it can be vice versa right there's also men out there who have endured the same thing for sure it's a sad thing to see and especially because there are children involved and so that's there's more than just one victim in this case yeah it wasn't just everybody was a victim in the Susan Powell case you know it's a very very tragic story yeah to say the least about it you know and it's also like you said like this isn't like the first case that we hear with, you know, the like underlying patterns of, you know, abusive relationships. And it's really sad, you know, how it is. There's like millions of cases from the past, from the present even, you know. So I, I do think it's important, though, that like we hear about these cases and we kind of, you know, like in a way reassure like anyone who's going through this that they're not alone and that there's a way out. Yeah, there's a way out. It's, it's it, it weighs heavy on the heart for sure if you or someone you know is experiencing an unhealthy relationship um here's a resource you guys can go into mm-hmm. it's for domestic violence support the national domestic violence hotline you know and just there's relationships that are free from domestic violence and abuse and when you're ready they'll be here to listen to whatever 
help you need confidentiality and support 24-7. The number to reach them at is 1-800-799-7233. So I hope you all enjoyed the episode, but we do want to say that this case has a lot of like details and there's a lot of articles, Mm -hmm. podcasts, and even like a documentary, I think. If y'all are interested, check them out. Sorry. Because <laughs> like we say, we try, to avoid, we try to avoid saying guys and like being gender neutral. And we just say y'all. But sometimes it slips it's and so we sad. say yeah. guys and we're like, dang it, it's y'all. <laughs> Wrapping up like our episodes are usually like this. Like we just kind of sit and we look at each other. And we're like, that is so sad. You know, like how how do you end like a true crime episode on a happy note, you know? Well, I don't know. We're just going to end it like this. Um, <laughs> honestly, as Jahara and Stephanie mentioned, there's resources out there or um, not resources. There's other podcasts and resources, uh, research that you guys can look into if you want to know more about Susan Powell's case and just have a little bit more context on that. We weren't going to go so deep into it just because this is an independent podcast and we do not focus on true crime here. But <laughs> we... But a podcast that do focuses on true crime is Cuento Crimen. And it was honestly a pleasure to have them on. Thank you so much, ladies, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for having for... Thank you. Um, and like we said, if your case is similar to Susan Powell's, check out the resources we have available in our episode notes. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for tuning in. Well, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much to Cuento Crimen for joining us on this podcast collab. It was their first podcast collab, um, our first true crime podcast collab. So really enjoyed having Stephanie and Jahira here. And we're going to go ahead and give them a chance to shout out their social media account if you want to follow them. And make sure you subscribe and listen to Cuento Crimen podcast on all major streaming platforms. Yeah, thank you so much for having us um, again. Now you know what it's like, because uh, you know how you said that you would like to do a true crime podcast. Now you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you all so much for having us. If that's a little intense, <laughs> yeah, feel free to check us out. Like Steph was saying, we're on pa- we are on all platforms at Just Cuento Crimen Podcast, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and TikTok, which is just again at Cuento Crimen Podcast. And we're also available on Twitter. And we're also on Twitter. So if y'all want to follow us, we are there at Cuento Crimen Pod. Yeah. So come say hi. Um, come check us out. We're always answering to any messages, whether it's a comment or a question about a case. We love hearing from everyone. Yeah. Thank you again for uh, you both making the time to be on here. Really enjoyed having y'all. And don't forget to follow us on our social media pages to be up to date on what we have going on on self Fuentes podcast, such as who our guests will be on upcoming episodes, podcast collabs, small business highlights, announcements, and so much more. Our Instagram page is self Fuentes podcast and our Twitter account is at Fuentes podcast. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Like always, I hope you resonated with the episode, learned something from it. If you liked the episode, go ahead and subscribe to the self Fuentes podcast. We're available on all your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure that when you leave us a rating, also leave us a review. Helps spread the word. While you're at it, go ahead and share the episode with a friend or family member. The more listeners, the better. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Eso solo por hoy. I will see you all next week for a whole new episode. Until then, have a good one, Conchitas. And stay spooky this season, Conchitas. (laughs) Bye.